chair first. Guys, that was just fantastic. That was, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, Before I kind of jump in here, I just want to say, if if you are um, a little bit squeamish when it comes to describing certain events, like um, you might want to just process through that for a second, because this morning as we as we give testimony and share uh, some experiences, it may um, you know it may be a little little overwhelming for some. I just want to kind of give that word of warning. Um, a few weeks ago, we started a series called Stand. Does it really matter what you believe? And last week, we began a conversation about uh, suffering and, and evil. We said that the question of suffering is not just an intellectual question, because we talk about apologetics, sometimes we get the idea that when people ask the question of suffering and why does God allow suffering, it's, it's all an intellectual question. And if we, can, if we can argue with them intellectually, somehow we're going to change their mind and all that kind of thing. And it is an intellectual question, but I would argue that the foundation of the question of suffering is not intellectual, it's emotional. It is not, it is not primarily an intellectual question, but it is an emotional suffering. We ask the question, why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow evil when we've experienced something in our lives that has brought us to a point where we start to be maybe a little overwhelmed? There's a pain that goes on in our lives. And as we experience suffering, as we experience pain, as we experience watching someone else go through something, that's when the question comes up. Why does God allow suffering in our lives? See, suffering and death and pain and disease are an experience that everyone in this world, every single person, Christian and non-Christian experience, And every single one of us longs to try to understand why we have to go through the things that we have to understand and go through. Like, why do we feel the way we feel? Why do we have to experience these things? So it's a longing to understand. Ravi Zacharias, in his book, Cries of the Heart, puts it really, really well. He says, to live is to to live is to sooner or later experience or witness pain and suffering. To reason is to inevitably ponder why. So we go through it and then we, we reason with ourselves, we ask ourselves, we inevitably ask the question, why? Why am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this? Habakkuk said this, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Habakkuk 1.3. So from the very beginning, people were asking this question, why do you make me look on injustice? Why do I have to see other people suffer? Why do you tolerate wrong, God? Why? Those are questions that everyone asks, whether you know the Lord as your personal Savior or you don't. You ask those questions. We can't help it as humans. And so this morning, last last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this, and not on an intellectual level, but maybe giving you ways that you can share your experience with someone else and trying to help them understand why, why it is that God allows it in this world. And we're going to continue over the next couple of weeks to answer the question because it's impossible to address this in just one or two weeks and do it justice. But this morning, I want to, I want to deal with this question on a very personal level because for each of us, we have very personal experiences. Again, I would argue that the question of why does God allow suffering is not as much intellectual as it is emotional. And so I want to I talk about it on that level. And to do that, 
I asked Carly Crane to come and share an experience that in a moment changed her life. So, Carly, tell us in your words, what happened that day? Well, um, I'm just going to kind of try to fill in the blanks um, because I think the news story explained it fairly well. Um, But basically, I was volunteering um, through Grace Chapel um, with a program that's called Mason Serves. And um, we went to this lady's house that I'd been to previously, like maybe, I think this is my second time. Um, And... Uh, we walked through the house, and um, we went to the back deck, and um, it was a lot of heavy lifting, and I was like, I'm not going to be any help back here. So um, I started to go back through the back door um, into the kitchen where I saw the dog, um, and I grew up with a German shepherd, so I've never been scared of big dogs. Um, I still love dogs, by the way, so don't hate me. <laughs> um, but... Um, Basically, what happened is something inside. I don't know if, uh, what happened. I, I was just petting the dog, and then it kind of um, lurched at me um, and first bit my, um, my face, um, tearing off my complete, completely tearing off my lower lip um, and also um, biting my um, right palm and right wrist. Um, and when I um, somehow, by the grace of God, got out of the house, um, turned around um, to 
to go back out the back door um, where Jeff, um, my dad, and a few others were standing. Um, the dog got the back of my left leg and was trying to pull me down. Um, and that's when Jeff stepped in, um, kind of uh, put his leg in between the dog and I, um, trying to get the attention off of me. Um, and then after about 15 minutes, um, the ambulance came and um, I just remember sitting on the steps of the porch of that house, um, just telling my dad to wake me up, um, literally telling him to wake me up. Um, I felt like I was had fallen into this dream um, that I it was more of a nightmare, I guess, um, that I had never thought would have been happening. Um, and uh, it was kind of at that moment where I started to realize that this wasn't a dream, that it was, you know, this was life. This was real life. This was something that I was going to have to deal with. Um, and I had no idea what that meant yet. Um, so we, I get in the ambulance. And, um, again, sorry for the details, but I think that it's beneficial um, just to know how bad that it was. Um, my dad actually picked my lip off of the floor and carried it to the hospital with us, um, where at Children's we were met with a team of plastic surgeons who were awesome um, to try to kind of try to tackle, okay, where do we go from here? Um, how are we going to get her lip back on her face? How are we going to make this 17-year-old girl kind of um, feel like herself again? Um, that was, I'm 21 now, and I was 17. Um, it's been I'm not a math major. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, been a 2011. Yeah. 2011. <laughs> um, and, um, since then, a lot has happened. I just recently had my, um, I think, sixth or seventh surgery. Um, hopefully my last. I'm not sure yet. Um, so it's been a long, long journey. Were there times during this whole process where, especially in the beginning, where you where you were angry at God or that you questioned God? And why, you know, you have to... Um, when you asked me this question, um, I couldn't help but think about um, this particular story. It was, I had spent, I think, I, I don't know how many days, it all kind of runs together, um, in the ICU at Children's Hospital, the intensive care unit. And um, I got a four-hour pass to go home for Thanksgiving um, to just kind of try to feel normal, um, go home and spend time with my family, um, which was great, except it felt really weird, not like a typical Thanksgiving. Um, I had four hours to spend with my family. Um, I didn't obviously eat Thanksgiving dinner. I was, had a feeding tube at the time. Um, and I just remember, um, you know, just feeling like, this isn't what life was supposed to be. Um, I I came back to the, the hospital after my four hours, and my poor parents, who were just exhausted from, you know, watching their child go through this, um, <laughs> fell asleep. Um, and I was sitting in the wheelchair that they had wheeled me up to in the room. Um, and I just can remember just um, really asking God, why me? Um, why, why did this happen? Um, you know, this isn't, 
this isn't what it's supposed to be. This, this isn't how a high school senior is supposed to spend her last Thanksgiving living at home. Um, just feeling really just confused and lost and not really knowing how to deal with it. And, how, you know, how did you, how did you work through those feelings? Because I think everyone here goes through different things in their lives. We all have um, sometimes traumatic things happen to us or just we're struggling. How did you work through those feelings? Um, well, I'm sure most of you can guess I didn't go to the local Barnes & Noble and buy a book on, you know, how to successfully go through a dog attack and follow the Lord. There's not really a book. <laughs> um, but um, I think that it was just a process of, you know, um, allowing myself to cry. If I felt like crying that day, then that was okay with me. Um, I had to be okay with that. Um, I, I knew that it wasn't healthy to try to repress those feelings because they were lodged so deep within me. Um, and, and just so much had changed, and I had to process that. I, I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't sit there and pretend that it didn't happen. Um, and I think that it's, you know, I really do think that God calls us to grieve um, through times where you don't know what's going on, um, and, and that's okay. Like, I think that I had to realize that, I had to give myself a little grace and understanding that that was okay to grieve. It was okay for me to cry if I needed to cry about it. And, and, and that hasn't stopped. Some days I just feel like crying about it. If I think about it or if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, have a flashback, um, I, I, I still cry about it. Um, and I think that that's just a process that I'm, I'm going to go through for probably for the rest of my life of just how to deal with this. Um, like I said, there's no, there's no equation. There's no steps. Yeah. How how did uh, how do you deal with? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. We were sitting in my office and I was watching some of the the news clips and everything. And I I get I can't help getting really emo- emotional. Um, I agree with you totally that it's it's kind of a rest of your life kind of experience. But then. Um, I said, well, I'm going to ask you questions, and you can answer the questions. And then she and Jen both said, well, you should have to answer some questions, too. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a coward. I don't really want to answer those questions because I'll probably get more emotional. Um, but, yeah, I, I, um, I had to – I guess I had to try to um, understand and accept the way I was – why I was feeling the way I was feeling because I had never really experienced anything like that. And so I had two things going on in my mind. One was the, uh, the, uh, the uh, battle with the dog, fighting with the dog, which created one set of emotions. And those set of emotions were, were just intense anger. Your testosterone level goes through the ceiling, and you're kind of in a zone of, of battle. So that kind of fight, if you will, fight or flight, it was a fight kind of deal. And so that's one set of emotions I had to walk through, and I had to just allow myself to feel those emotions as well. And then the other was what happened to you and trying to process through what I saw happen to you. So I had, in, in a very short period of time, I had these emotions raging, one of you know, this, this male intense anger and um, defensiveness and warrior kind of mentality. On the other side, when it was over, turning my attention to you and then seeing you suffering. You know what I mean? So I had these mixed, uh, a mix of emotions that it took me a while to kind of process through. Um, 
I was told by a doctor and a few other people, trauma people, that when you, when you go through a trauma, your, your brain stores a trauma in a different place that it stores memories. So what we experience is not just a memory, it's a traumatic experience that's stored in a different place. And so, I don't know if you understand this, but when that happens, um, things can trigger that before you even get a cognitive chance to say, well, that's just a, a large dog next to a child. It's not going to hurt anyone, but your brain kicks in and brings the emotions back. And I had to process through those emotions, and again, like you, allow myself to feel that, allow myself to recognize that it's okay to feel those things. That's the way God designed me. You know, I mean, now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the world differently. You know, I, mean, I, look at, I look at situations differently, and that's okay as long as I can process through that with the Lord and realize that not every situation is going to be like the one we faced and, 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 and allow myself to, to feel it but not have to react to it all the time. The other thing for me that was... I think extremely health, healthy and helpful. And I think, I think you will all understand this if you've gone through different situations in your life is that um, I spent a lot of time, and a, mo- and a lot of you here, I would just tell the story over and over and over again. For the first few months, I would either call family or I would t- go by Kevin's office or another staff person's office and just start talking about it. Because the more, because what I, re- I realized as a pastor, I knew this before this happened, but the more you talk about something, the more you share it, the more you share your feelings, the less power that experience has over you. So I took that, that same knowledge and I just kept on talking and allowing myself to feel what I needed to feel. But in the fact that I was, I was saying it verbally, um, it allowed me to process through that and the, the feelings were not as intense. Because again, the more you verbalize it, the more you talk about it, um, the less those emotions have a grip on your life. And so, you know, one of the things um, that I wanted to encourage you, all of you, as you go through different things in your life, if you go through something, like Carly was saying, allow yourself to feel it, but verbalize it. Um, some of you are great writers, write it down, or what you may want to do is even if you have the ability to sing. Never underestimate the power of God to, to heal our wounds. And I think we do sometimes. We shouldn't because God heals us through a peace that passes all understanding. And I've seen that in your lives over the last few years. I've seen people go through loss and through tragedy and through difficulty. But you had a peace that passed all understanding and, and helped build my faith. You can, you can read that verse that God gives you a peace that passes understanding. But until you see people living it out and, and, it, and God's power in their lives, it's completely different. And he heals our broken hearts through his Holy Spirit. Things that are hard to really explain, but he does it. And he heals us in giving us purpose for our suffering. I know in my own life, there's a, if, if I just allow, I wait on him and listen to him. He gives me a purpose in that suffering. It's not even... And I'll I'll leave it alone because I I know we're going to share a little bit about that in in, in a moment. But God does that in our lives. He, he, He also speaks truth through his word into our hearts. He can heal our suffering as he speaks the truth of his word, the Bible, into our hearts. And one of the things we have to do when we go through a difficult time is to not not to say, oh, you know, I don't I don't want to pray. I don't want to read. You pray and you read even more because God speaks to your heart. He speaks into your pain. He speaks into your suffering through his word. And then God heals through inspiring songs that bring us hope. That's a song that um, that Jen put music to. I wrote a lot of the words to that song that Jen sang. 
Um, and then Jen used that and she took it and she melded some words in there as well and then wrote that song. God uses your creativity, the way he designed you. He, used, he uses us in so many ways, but he uses the songs of others. He uses things, maybe we write down poems or whatever it is, to, to mend our hearts, to heal our hearts. And I think God, most often, God's answer to our suffering is for us to fulfill the law of Christ, where Christ says to put others before ourselves, to love others like we love ourselves. And if we do that, what we're doing is we're offering a shoulder to those who are in need. It's reaching out, and, and when you see someone hurting, it's fulfilling that law of Christ where he says to, to love one another, to walk with each other, to love each other and to care about each other. In John chapter 13 and verse 34, it says, A new command I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. See, what I'm trying to say is that God will enter our suffering on every level. And speak to our our hearts as well as our minds with comfort, with compassion, with care. He can do that. We need to open ourselves up. We need to feel what we need to feel and allow God through all of those things to speak to us and to help heal us. I was reading the story of a man who lost his daughter in in a plane crash. And he said this. He said, I used to think that time was a healer. I no longer believe that. I now believe that time is only a revealer of how God does the healing. And I, I, I totally agree with that sentiment. So, Carly, how did, how did God help you? Um, how did God help you work through your physical and your emotional suffering? How did he help you do that? Um, well, like I said, I was 17, and so... A 17-year-old girl has this idea of what beauty looks like, um, what it means to be beautiful. It's not hard to see when you look at the media. Um, You know, basically, no flaws. Um, And that was really hard for me to deal with um, because I, this this was my face, and I had to um, kind of learn what that meant. Um, Kind of, I had to, like, adopt a new um, version of myself. Um, and it was, it's really hard. Um, I mean, you, you look in the mirror and you see the same person for 17 years. Um, and then one day you just don't. Um, and it was definitely a new normal, um, for me to go through, but, um, it was, it was, I think that the Lord really, um, spoke into me at that time through that about what what beauty really is mm-hmm. yeah um just to say you're still beautiful you know that right you know that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's really good for i think for everyone to hear especially those who are a little younger where they put so much emphasis on their physical appearance but there's more about a person and what what makes a person beautiful um, how about the that's the physical? How about the emotional side? Any any thoughts on that? Um, emotionally, obviously, there's a lot of things I could say about emotionally how I was feeling. Um, I mean, I was every day. It seemed like I thought something new about the situation, um, and um, I would say the best 
thing that um, ever happened to me during this time was just the community of people Hmm. and friends um, and family that surrounded me. I've had the same two best friends since the seventh grade, and I live with them now in college at UC. Um, And they were um, a big part of why, you know, I I ended up the way that I did after this situation. Um, They were there. I mean, they would take turns. We were still in high school at the time, and so they would take turns coming over and just hanging out with me uninvited, (laughs) and it was the best. Um, I can honestly say that I don't think I ever felt so loved before um, in my life. I mean, they were just so, I mean, they would wake up with me at 3 a.m. if I was in pain or if, you know, my mom had to change my feeding tube or whatever what was going on. they were they were always there, and they're still there, you know, like those days when I just really need to talk about it, like Jeff said. I just really need to cry about it. I just really need to think about it. Whatever it is, um, they're there. So that was super helpful um, with me. So, so going a little further in, what life choices have you made now because of this experience? Like, how has it changed you and how you look at life, and what choices have you made because of that experience? Well, um, maybe like some of you, I, before this, you couldn't get me near a hospital. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand hospitals. I hated like just anything with blood or anything like that. Um, and I'm still not like, woo, hospitals, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I am a social work major at UC. Um, and what I really would love to do is, um, eventually work at Children's, um, hospital and work with kids who have been through um, traumatic situations like myself um, and just kind of talk to them and speak to them about things that I learned or things that I dealt with um, that maybe other people, you know, talking to um, other people, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really, you know, agree with them or they wouldn't really understand. Um, whereas I've been there and I, I could kind of um, empathize with them. I could um, talk to them, just talk them through things. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, that, uh, I love you, and that is a heroic thing to do because what I've experienced is people take one of two roads when they go through something really difficult. They either go on one side and just don't want to talk about it ever. They don't want to share their experiences. They don't, they don't want to bring it up to anyone else because it causes them to feel what they were feeling, or they, they take the experience that they went through, um, and then they use it to glorify God. They use it to invest in the lives of others. And that's hard. I mean, you say that and you think, well, yeah, because you went through this, now you can share with other people. But every time you share with other people, you have to relive that experience. That's courageous. I mean, I just want everyone to understand how courageous that is because not everyone will do it. Um, And I'm not saying if you don't, that that it's terribly wrong or you're, you're, you're a coward. It's just... It's just, it is courageous to do that because it's a painful thing to constantly have to bring something up that you experienced. Um, it's a way God can heal you, but it's still, it's still challenging. I mean, to be honest with you, I prayed a lot before this Sunday because even when I was, you asked me that question back about feelings, the whole entire time in my mind, two thoughts were going on. Say what you need to say and don't cry. Um, I'm just being honest. It was like, you know, control, control. She's not crying. You don't cry. Don't cry. You know, <laughs> I'm the big tough guy. He's going to start crying. Um, but that's just, you know, to be able to share that is just really, um, I think, meaningful. I think it's heroic. I think it's 
Uh, it's a powerful testimony to God's work in your life. Um, and so my, my last question to you, I have two more. Um, what is that you learned through this experience that you do not believe you could have learned without it? You know what I mean? What are some things that God taught you, showed you, that you don't think you could have learned without this experience? Um, and there's a lot of things that I could talk about um, for this question. Um, I w- am like immediately brought back to this um, particular day in the hospital. Um, my dad asked me, it, I don't even know, might have been like a week after um, the actual incident happened. Um, he asked me, you know, what do you, what do you feel about God um, now? Um, and I was a Christian before this happened. Um, and I, you know, you hear people say, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. And I never really knew what that meant um, until this happened. And I, I, I learned that it wasn't really about, I wasn't scared of him. I'm not, you know, I'm not fearful of him. It, it was more of, I'm, I'm just in awe of how powerful he is. Um, just how he can take just this moment, like in a moment, my entire world was completely flipped upside down. And I can't think of many aspects in my life that would have stayed the same after this. Um, really, truly my major, like a a lot of things. Um, and so just, just reflecting on who God is and what he can do in situations where you think that, you know, nothing good can come out of this. Mm. Um, and he, but he, you told me like, like even before how he turned something so difficult into mm-hmm. something so beautiful, you know? Yeah. And, you know, people, people ask the question, you know, why, why does God let good things or bad things happen to good people? And I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that question, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I don't think that God put this thing in my life. I don't think he, you know, he, he did it. I don't think he did it. I don't think that, you know, he, I went out that day and he said, Carly's going to get attacked by a dog. It was, he, he let it happen because he knew that inside, what was going on inside of me was so much bigger than that day. Um, and so much more than, you know, I could have learned as a 17 year old girl at Mason High School, you know? Um, it was just such a process of, um, figuring out who I was and who God saw me as. Um, and it was, I mean, it's a journey and I'm, I'm still on it, but, um, it's, it's, it really is a process. Yeah. That's awesome. I got one more question for you. Something exciting happened in your life, life recently. So tell us what that's all about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got engaged on Christmas Eve Eve (laughs) to a Wonderful guy. He's right there. Stand up and embarrass yourself. Yeah, you gotta That's Matt. <laughs> um, he's been really great. Um, I can't, I cannot, I mean, I would be talking all day about how great he's been, just reminding me of who I am in Christ. And um, even last night, um, just talking me through um, my thoughts and my feelings. Um, he's just been incredible, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Before you, uh, before you sing for us, um, I just want to thank you for the courage to come up here and in front of all these folks and talk about this. Um, I was hoping that you'd be up for it because I know that when we ask this question, um, 
again, it's, it's an emotional question, and I think to really get to the root and to the heart of what people are asking, to hear from someone like you how God took a tragic circumstance in your life and turned it into something um, and tra- changed, transformed you into the person that he's created you to be. It just shows us that nothing that the world throws at us can stop us from fulfilling God's purpose for our lives if we don't allow it. So thank you for being that testimony. And I love you so much. As we close out this morning, I want to invite the high schoolers. Carly's going to be there tonight, correct, at the high school? She'll be there tonight at 6.30 at the high school meeting. You'll be able to come and ask her questions. We'll share a little more and just want to, you've never been before to the high school meeting at 6.30? Come tonight, okay? Come tonight. Let's pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to give us to be together. God, thank you for being a God who is all-powerful and can impact our lives in ways we could never imagine. Get us through things we couldn't possibly understand. And Father, who loves us through it all, gives us the strength to be able to say, it is well with my soul, no matter what we face, what we go through in life. And we praise you for that. We thank you and praise you for being a God who can heal our brokenness and help us through our suffering. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week.